Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This week's featured cookbook is... Dada Eats by Sama Dada. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. Man, it's been a long time, huh? Yeah, what have you been up to? (laughs) Oh, this, that, the other, you know, moving states. I'm a little under the weather, so pardon the the nasally voice. It's been, guys, it's been like two years since Johnny or I have gotten sick. Well, we're probably not alone in that. Everyone's been staying inside with masks on and well, if if they're if they're smart, they are hand sanitizer. But let's let's tell them why you got sick. I don't know. Probably because you don't wear your mask at the gym. Probably. I do wear the mask. It's just not when I'm sitting at a machine away from people. It hangs off from one ear. Are you, are you gym shaming me right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm mask hole shaming you right you now. You are. And I deserve it. So, but, uh, you know, I guess it's better than, you know, all the other crazy illnesses I could have received. Yes. I, I can deal with a common cold. Yeah. And that's all it is, people. No COVID here. Yep. No COVID. So welcome to Tasty Pages, episode 49, a podcast from Cooking the Books. We are, I guess we could say settled into Mm, our new place in Minneapolis. So this is going to be the first episode that we release from our new home in Minneapolis. Pretty crazy. Yeah. It was an epic voyage. Ooh, yes, it was. I don't recommend it. It was fraught with, well, on my part... Many, many anxiety attacks, lots of sore back, body, hip, everything. Thanks to the movers that didn't show up. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. It it really did. But the good news is, now that we are in our place, we love it. We love our actual place, which we signed a lease on sight unseen. We did not see it in person. Virtual tour. Yep. Uh, It was... It exceeded any expectations we had. We love the neighborhood. Yep. We've been doing some exploring. We've been reconnecting with some friends and family. So now that we're here, it's all good. Yeah. It's all gravy. The uh, I think one of the big things for me was setting up the kitchen because we did have a separate room that was a pantry. So Yeah, we've discussed that before. Like we had... What used to be an office that we converted into a walk-in pantry. Yeah. So now it's it's a little different. And I'm actually really loving it because um, just to keep it, we still have some shelves in our kitchen. Uh, but to keep it more sightly, we put like all of our spices and stuff in the cupboards. Can I just say that's one of my favorite parts of the kitchen because every time I open those doors, doors to that cupboard with the all the spices smell in it. that comes out oh my god oh, it's, it's like, amazing it's like being in some like open air market oh, in some exotic locale love it right um, in our kitchen so the one thing that i do not like about our kitchen is that we have an electric stove but i will say it has a convection oven yes and a proofing feature which we've never had before and i i did some bread baking and that proofing feature is pretty pretty sweet. Yeah. And although when we moved in, the, uh, the left front heating element was not working. So they were just going to repair it. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> yeah. The supply chain is pretty screwed up and they need a motherboard. And it's probably going to take months and months and months. Well, not and to mention, it's probably a situation where it's more expensive mm-hmm. to just... Uh, you know, replace that part than it would be to just replace the oven, which is what's going to happen in a couple weeks. Woo-hoo! Just received notification. New oven. Who dis? Yeah, it's still going to be electric, unfortunately. Ooh, that's all right. I'm 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 getting used to it. And, yeah. it, you know, and if I can have that other burner working, then I can set it to a lower 
temperature. Yeah. So it's 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 very it's hard because you can't automatically turn down the heat. Like it still stays really hot. So it'll be nice to have a second burner where you can move your food to at a lower heat. Yes. Yeah, I feel like you there's uh, we're still learning it. So if anyone has mm-hmm. any tips or tricks for cooking on electric range, please send them our way. share them. Yes. Cuz uh, they they definitely are not as responsive as gas. So uh-uh. when you make adjustments, it it takes a while for those to uh go into effect and that's the things we're learning so there you go but i'm happy yeah no this is great um love our place and love the neighborhood love the city of minneapolis ask me in a couple months when there's like 12 feet of snow on the ground i might have a different answer Ah, uh, no, but, you won't but for now you won't good. because we don't have to shovel that is true. You're not going to have to snow blow the entire block. No, ma'am. <laughs> we have underground parking, so yep. there will be no shoveling off the car or anything like that. I mean, we really don't even have to leave our building because we've got, uh, we talked about this in a previous episode, but we've got a, a marketplace down on the main floor featuring probably 20 or so different food vendors. Mm-hmm. So on those brutal Minneapolis winter days when we just don't even want to walk outside. We don't have to. There's a really great little grocery store down there too. And they have a very nice selection of cheeses and they have duck eggs of all things. Quail eggs. And quail. Well, I feel like... I I was pretty amazed when I was wandering around down there the other day. Yeah. Some of the ingredients they had. I feel like any... Well, and I was baking something and I fucked it up. So... (laughs) Take two. So, yeah, I just ran downstairs and grabbed more ingredients and there we go. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Well, we've talked enough about our play. We'll we'll share some photos and maybe some video content. Um, We'll we'll give a little tour of our our place and how we set up our kitchen and stuff. Yeah. Um, So before we dive into this book, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about... Well, first, I should back up. See, I'm rusty at this. I'm, I'm not in the groove. I know. Come on. Uh, Get with it, Balmer. A little, little bit of housekeeping out of the way because uh, daddy needs the money. <laughs> the, uh, the 12 cents a week? Yes. Okay. Every little bit helps. Go for it. Uh, so if you go to our website, wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab that will direct you to our amazon.com affiliate page. And as usual, we have a couple lists there, kitchen essentials for home cooks as well as our favorite cookbooks that we've featured on the Cooking the Books Instagram feed. If you make a purchase from either of those lists, uh, we'll get a few pennies in return. Best of all, it doesn't cost you anything more, and it's a great way to support this little project that we're doing. So there you go. Uh, What are we drinking, by the way? Oh, so we're actually double fisting. We have some fizzy water. Does that really count as double fisting? We're hydrating. Okay, there we go. So we have some fizzy water, and then I whipped up a cocktail. Um, it's bourbon, some chai mix, uh, cardamom bitters, and a little bit of pumpkin spice creamer. It's pumpkin season. It is. Trader oh, Joe's oh told me. Oh my God, I'm dying. When, when I was every in the aisles t- at Trader Joe's. Every time I go, oh, I got some pumpkin madeleines from they, Trader Joe's. They alerted me that it's pumpkin season. Olive has some pumpkin treats. She does. <laughs> They're really milking this pumpkin thing for all it's worth. But, you know, I don't understand why they call it pumpkin spice. Like, pumpkin does not have spice. They should call it pumpkin pie spice. Yeah. I mean, needless to say, these drinks are delicious and they're very uh, timely for the season. Indeed. Autumnal. I like that. I'm excited to, like, have a fall here because everything is just so vibrant and beautiful. I've seen pumpkins for sale already. I know. Which is weird. They'll be a if, squishy mess. Yeah, if you're buying them for Halloween, that's over a month away. We're not even into October yet. So, uh, you know, fair warning to anyone out there who might be in the market for pumpkins. Don't do it quite yet. Unless you want to replace them. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> that's just my advice. All right. Uh, so what did we just finish up? We just finished up Bare Minimum Dinners by Jenna Helwig, which I... Pretty, I I liked it. I was yeah. I liked it way more than I was expecting to. I think the first two books that we started with, uh, 
in our new place, we 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 felt like we kind of wanted to ease into it. We mm-hmm. just got our kitchen set up. We're still learning our way around where everything is and where, well, in my case, where everything is, and uh, just how to navigate working together in this new kitchen. And so we did uh, weekday, or, yeah, it was weeknight or weekday vegetarian. Weekday vegetarian, which was the first book, and then uh, bare minimum dinners. So we're we're just kind of easing into it. Mm-hmm. And these were some nice, simple easy kind of weeknight meal kind of books and uh, they did not disappoint. But then we're also digging into it because I started a new baking book. Yep. Uh, I've made a couple things from there. You made something this morning. Yes. Uh, which was... Work in progress. Yeah. So, and that, the it's Nadia Bakes by Nadia Hussein of uh, Great British Bake Off fame. Ooh, and speaking of which, there's a new season that started. Uh, I know. I we're going to, we're going to start watching it tonight. Oh, we are? Yes. I didn't get the memo. Well, I mean, do I really need to give you the memo? No. I don't think so. No. Okay. No, no complaints here. And... Tell everyone what our next book is going to be. So uh, cookbook season is in full swing, much like pumpkin season. Yes, this Uh, is the time. Fall is the time when I I think it was like three quarters of all cookbooks are released. It's it's a large amount. Yeah. um, In preparation for, you know, kind of the upcoming like holiday gift giving season. So we're getting flooded with cookbooks now and there's a lot of great ones coming out, a lot to choose from. And uh, the next one that we are doing is Anthony Prowalski's of Queer Eye fame, his second cookbook, Anthony, Let's Do Dinner. And this is the second book of his that we featured. Yes. And we enjoyed the first one. So let's let's keep it going with the second. I think this is going to be great. And then, uh, hey, most importantly, what's for dinner tonight? We are getting takeout. Um, Okay, so I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this one dish from this place that we used to go to called Kindo. Back when we lived in Minneapolis mm-hmm. 20 years ago. It's called Hot and Spicy Chicken. Yep. And I've been wanting wanting it and wanting it and wanting it. And two weeks ago, we were going to order... We were coming back from a family function out in the suburbs. And we called and we were like, hey, we placed our order. And they're like, great, it'll be... 20 minutes so we're like perfect we get there and they're like oh it'll be like another 20 minutes or another 10 minutes so we're sitting there no problem you know we'll wait in the lobby politely yeah as we're waiting (laughs) this couple walks in i mean this place was literally i mean like a lot of restaurants during covid this place was kind of a ghost town there was no one in the dining area to the point where i actually questioned whether they were even having dine-in service or if it was like takeout and delivery well i heard them say it was their first day for dine-in okay but i mean there was one couple dining in one lone couple Mm -hmm. that entered after we would had been waiting ate something I, I don't even even if it was just appetizers or something but like the point was they ordered received their food ate while we were still waiting and then i noticed that you know the check was being brought out to them we still hadn't received our food i go up and i'm like hey how long do you think it'll be and she's like another 15 minutes at that point we had been waiting for about 40 minutes yeah it was a long time and we had to get home to our dog because she had been gone for a or she had been alone for a long time yep so we're just like uh we need to cancel the order yeah so so i don't know if they maybe perhaps made a mistake with the order and had to refire it maybe it didn't get rung in i mean it happens i mean unless they were doing some really brisk delivery business behind the scenes that we weren't aware of there should be no reason that it took that long yeah. to prep these dishes. I mean, because I'm, I'm all for leeway. I get it. Like yeah. a lot of restaurants are understaffed, but like waiting that We're long. not jerks when it comes no, to restaurants. No, no, no. We tip well. We're very understanding. But this this was a bit much. So the whole point is I did not get my hot and spicy chicken. So I've been on the search and we found a place called Legendary Spice and they have this like dried chili rubbed hot chicken and they have another like spicy hot and spicy chicken dish and they have a tea smoked duck i'm excited i know i can't wait i'm sure they'll make it on time <laughs> let's hope so yeah, so, yeah. we're gonna- so, yeah we've been cooking all week this is kind of our day off mm-hmm. from from cooking and i'm looking forward to not photographing anything and not having to do anything in the kitchen especially since I'm a little under the weather. Yeah. It's going to be great. Woohoo. All right. Let's uh 
let's discuss our show topic, shall we? Before we jump into this book. So this was an interesting one, and I don't even know how I thought of this one, but uh, what four people would be featured on your own personal culinary Mount Rushmore? And this is kind of a, an American term, I guess. I, I, you know, but we did get some responses from outside the U.S., which I was pretty impressed by. See, it's funny because when I wrote my answer to this question, I had it framed in my mind that uh, it was like, who would you want to... <laughs> would you want to have at a dinner I don't know why like I thought of it that way and that's how I answered it so I might be like tinkering with with my answer here you can interpret it anyway I mean we I feel like judging from the listener answers we had a lot of interpretation yeah and and the bottom line is this is just it's it's who you love personally okay Yeah. yeah So uh, let's start with uh, Ryan S. He said, I'll put one name out there. That's it. It's going to be just one face on his Mount Rushmore. (laughs) Thomas Keller. It would be hard to name a chef who has had a greater influence on modern American cuisine. I don't disagree. I don't disagree either. All right. All right. Victor K. said, Kenny Shopson, Shopson, Anthony Bourdain, Aaron Franklin, and Guy Fieri. Okay, for those of you who don't know who Kenny Shopshin is, um, if, go watch the documentary, I Like Catching Flies. Killing Flies. Killing Flies. I think that's what it was. Uh, he owned this restaurant in New York. He's a very curmudgeonly, cranky guy. And if he doesn't like what you're doing in his restaurant, he will kick your ass out. Yes, if especially t- if you're ordering anything that deviates from mm-hmm. the menu. You're trying to make substitutions. And my takeaway from watching that documentary, and we, and I think we've actually talked about this on a previous episode, and I know on our blog I wrote uh, something about this because we were discussing, you know, favorite food documentaries, mm-hmm. and that came up on the list. And I, I was basically just kind of lamenting how, like, I didn't see any kind of charm or appeal in this guy acting like a dick to his customers and and no. just seeming to hate and then have so much contempt for his customers like there's nothing charming about that yeah, i don't want to go to a restaurant peop- and be yeah. treated rudely these are the people the that are like helping you pay your bills like and the bottom line is if you don't like what you're doing find something else to do yeah. life's too short to be you know slogging away doing some you know job that you don't enjoy doing yeah i mean i think he has since passed yes so he RIP has and i'm i'm speaking ill of the dead and but. uh i believe the restaurant did at some point move its location and i'm not even sure that it's around anymore we never had the misfortune of dining there in new york city but anyway that was that was one of victor's picks mm-hmm. and then uh i think the other names are pretty pretty familiar mm-hmm. to most aaron franklin's kind of a barbecue master yep. and uh hey Go for it. And then uh, Melissa G. She had some interesting ones. Mm -hmm. So this is a friend that uh, I knew when I was younger, and she now lives in Duluth. And so this list kind of makes sense because she she has uh, Issa Chandra Moskowitz, uh, you know. Very well-known vegan cookbook author. And then this uh, Nyanyika Banda. I'm totally mispronouncing the name, and I apologize. But she is a Duluth chef that's very well regarded okay and uh i'm kind of interested in uh if we ever have an opportunity to visit duluth in northern minnesota i'm sure we will we'll go take a little vacation up there and then uh tal ronan Mm -hmm. who's another uh i can't remember his vegetarian or vegan chef but uh he authored uh several cookbooks including one called crossroads that was actually book number seven yes that we featured back when cooking the books was a little baby baby blog and our photos were terrible (laughs) and frank would come stick his nose in the photos i I think we took him with a pinhole camera (laughs) so bad price toy camera we had no lighting we use like the overhead lighting in our kitchen and flattering and i was working on an iphone 6 and then this is probably someone that you know, this uh, Allende Howell. Uh, he's in a show called This Is Us. And he has a <gasps> vegan cookbook called The Lusty Vegan. So, I, well, okay. 
I love, well, okay. I love This Is Us. I put it down after the second season because I literally cried every single episode. Every episode I was in tears. So. I have not seen it. Oh my God. It is the so tearjerker, huh? Balmer. We're going to have to start it. Well, he's also a cookbook author. There apparently. we go. And uh, yeah, so a lot of a lot of vegan choices. I'm assuming that's uh-huh. probably her jam and uh, some unfamiliar names. All so right. I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to checking some of these out. Uh, Joseph P. said Alice Waters, Nancy Singleton, Julia Child, and Anthony Bourdain. How can you go wrong? Right? That's a good looking Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it sure is. All right. And then... Uh, at my loving spoonful said, I'd say my votes are Ina Garten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my voice is cracking. <laughs> it's time for yeah, a change. Going through puberty. Sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Keller, Julia Child, another vote for her, and Jamie Oliver. Ooh. All right. Kind of a new one. Wait, no, there's no Jamie. Yeah, and then she said if there was a tie, I could also toss oh. in Remy from Ratatouille in the mix. There you go. Ah. Um... Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, Merlene Seven said Sammy Tamimi. Yes. Michael Rantisi. Who's an Israeli chef living in Australia. Pauling Yao. Another uh, Australian cook from mm. Malaysia originally. Okay. And Yodam Adolengi. Yeah. Yes. I see where she's going with this. Okay. And then uh, at writer Rhiannon said Alex Gornicelli. Solid choice. Mm-hmm. Julia Child, another vote. Guy Fieri. Interesting. That's like the second yeah. vote for that. I think I think his Mount Rushmore uh, portrait would have to have like fire coming out of the I eyes know. or something or like smoke <laughs> something. And then uh, Alton Brown. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, when you when you think about someone who's probably had some of the biggest influence on how the average person looks at food and cooking... I think that's a fair choice. Yes. Argument can be made. And then lastly. Uh, Shelly KVD said Julia Child, Jamie Oliver, Nigella Lawson, Deb Perlman, or. Yes. Oh, ah, see? She couldn't just okay. stick with four. She, oh. had, she had like two separate top fours. Uh-huh. Well, you Another know. vote for Jamie Oliver. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and her second choice for Mount Rushmore is Julia Child, Jacques Pepin, which, yes. Yeah. And I'm surprised that he hasn't been mentioned. Uh, Padma Lakshmi. All right. And David Chang. Okay. Mm-hmm. A couple of contemporary choices. Well, what'd you choose? Uh, I went with the classics. Okay. Julia Child, mm-hmm. who's probably received the most votes of anyone. Uh, another vote for Thomas Keller. Okay. Alice Waters. Yes. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about the farm-to-table movement, which is now ubiquitous. Yeah, she She was a pioneer. And then uh, another choice, Edna Lewis, who uh, I think kind of redefined the way that people looked at like Southern African-American food or as it's commonly known, soul food. And she's got several books, but the, the... the big uh, milestone was taste of country cooking. So, okay, and I think that would be a, a nice comprehensive uh, Mount Rushmore. I kind of stuck strictly with American yeah. culinary figures because in my mind I was kind of thinking like I didn't know how familiar people outside of the U.S. would be with Mount Rushmore as a monument, and I yeah. and I just thought that this was more like specific to the American culinary landscape. But I was I was pleasantly surprised that. Not only did people submit choices from outside the U.S., but they also had like some really great choices that I wouldn't have thought of. Like some regional people, too. Yeah. So what did you have? Um, I had Julia Child, for obvious reasons. Um, Anthony Bourdain. um, I think he, through his shows and stuff, he really exposed people to different cultures and different foods and i think he he did a very important job um absolutely er, eric repair okay yeah oh solid and then nigella lawson because yeah i think i think she she never claimed to be a chef 
and she was always a champion for the home cook. Okay. Like, you can do this. And also, here you go. Here's here's a funny thing I saw on Twitter about Nigella. Someone had a little packet of Nigella seeds, and they were like, so if I plant these in my garden, will will I get a bunch of beautiful ladies licking cream off their fingers seductively growing right? up there? That's a good-looking Mount Rushmore. Right? All right. It is a good-looking Mount yeah. Rushmore. All right. Well, thanks for sharing, everyone. That was a, that was a great kind of fun list. And it was. Got like some, some surprising answers. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Um, let's jump into this book, Dada Eats. It was the last book. That we did at in Chicago. And by the way, we have skipped over several, several books because... With our schedules, we just didn't have time to record podcasts for other books. So we're just like, eh, we'll just skip, you know, we'll, we'll skip some books. We'll catch up. We'll get back on track. Yeah. We like to have these be kind of timely to coincide with uh, whatever book we're featuring on ye old Instagram. So now we're going to get back back into the regular rotation. Since we're old, the uh, the recall is kind of rusty. So yes. <laughs> it's nice to have it fresh in your memory. Yes. Uh, so this book uh, was great because uh, we tend to be a little bit more mindful about what we eat during the hot weather months. Mm-hmm. And I kind of crave like more fresh fruits and vegetables and not as much like heavier dishes and, and meat centric stuff. And so this this was like a perfect book to to showcase during this time. Um, this one draws from uh, Sama Dada's Indian heritage She's Indian American, first generation, and it contains over 100 vegan, grain-optional, gluten-flexible recipes featuring fresh seasonal ingredients. How's that grab you? Grabs me in all the right places. (laughs) All right. Woo. Now it's a party. Um, There's a brief introduction just kind of talking about her history and her uh, upbringing and then there's the requisite pantry essentials which a lot of books seem to to feature uh, then it just kind of dives into the recipes without any additional filler and uh, I think what made this really fun to work through and to read was her personality which kind of comes through in the writing yeah it's kind of like you're talking to like a, a best friend at a party or mm-hmm. something like that so I really enjoyed the head notes for the recipes and uh, we made quite a bit of stuff. We did. So let's talk about, uh, we'll just give the overview of what we made, and then we'll circle back and talk about them in a little bit more detail. Sure thing. Uh, we did a pesto hummus. <sighs> we'll get to this in a second. A, <laughs> a cabbage is cool salad. Oh, you got to have the exclamation point, though. Cabbage is cool. There you go. Salad. <laughs> uh, crunchy, creamy carrot salad. Chickpea and rice cauliflower curry. Uh, herby. Shall, shall I say herby faro bowl? Uh, masala popcorn. Who's this herb guy? And where's this faro bowl? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's talk pesto hummus. Yeah. This was kind of a clever spin on traditional hummus. And, you know, with... Uh, both basil and spinach and well, but I was going to say, but with basil and pine nuts being a little on the expensive side in grocery stores, this was a great way to, you know, replicate a a, a similar dish using cheaper ingredients. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated this just for that reason. Oh, and we got to enjoy it with, uh, I love saying it, crudite. (laughs) Crudites. So it's a crudite, which is a fancy French word for raw vegetable platter. So this was basically um, a hummus and it was blended, you know, it's chickpeas blended with tahini, a little bit of lemon juice, some garlic, a little bit of basil, some baby spinach, and then you throw some cumin and paprika in there. And Um, then a little twist. You get a little zatar. Zatar. <laughs> That's the uh, pirate's favorite herb. Zatar. So, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I think we had leftovers. Of course we did. It made a lot. <laughs> it did. And I think, I th- I feel like we might have halved the recipe. You might be right. Yeah. Um, I love hummus because you can, you know, make variants of, of it and, turn it on its head we've done like mushroom hummus 
Remember that movie Can't Buy Me Love? Yeah. Where like the nerd becomes like the popular kid in school. Uh, that was kind of what this dish was like. Uh, like what? The, the food equivalent of those teen movies where the quiet introvert nerd receives a makeover and then it reveals the, the beauty underneath. Oh. All that's missing was a school dance with Smash Mouth playing on stage, playing their hit. Over um, and over. Okay, well, if we're going to go that far, then we're missing the uh, choreographed dance scene. Yep. I'm not following your line of thinking there, but you do it, you. It, it was an understated dish, <laughs> but it but it but it it shined in the end. Sure. Yeah. It's it's the it's the nerd girl who takes off her glasses, and all of a sudden she's beautiful. Yep. That's okay. what it was. Okay. Uh, let's talk cabbage is cool. No salad. So this dish was nearly excluded from consideration when we were choosing recipes because Victoria didn't like the name. Oh, the name just gives me so much embarrassment. I don't know why. It's, I don't know. I was like, no, we can't make this. The name is horrible. But then I convinced you because you saw the ingredient list and you're like, okay, that could be good. And it was. It was. It was. It absolutely was delicious. Now, we did take one detour, mm-hmm. and rather than roast the su- sweet potatoes uh, in the oven, mm-hmm. we pulled out the air fryer. Yeah. And it worked beautifully. Yep. And uh, then there were some chickpeas that were sauteed with some cumin. Uh, the dressing uh, was pretty simple. It was... Um, Lemon juice, garlic, cilantro, lime, and avocado. So it was like this nice whipped avocado type dressing. All right. And then uh, there was really nothing left to do but assemble everything together. The sweet potatoes, the chickpeas, thinly sliced cabbage. Some cherry tomatoes. Yeah. It was like, it was the last of the cherry tomatoes from our our garden. R.I.P. Chicago Garden. Ooh, yeah. I, I'm, th- yeah, that's yeah. one thing that I'm going to miss is our garden. Yep. We're going to have to find like a community garden so that we can plant our own. Or unless I can like rig up something out our windowsill. Right. Some some planters or something. I don't, I don't know how the neighbors will feel about that. I don't that. know if that's against the rules, but yep. I mean, we don't have, I mean. We might sacrifice our security deposit. There's a rooftop in front of us, so I don't think anyone will complain about it. Nor will they see it. No. I'll, I'll get on that. Okay. Next year. <laughs> All right. And then uh, in keeping with the crunchy salad theme, mm-hmm. we went with the crunchy, creamy carrot salad. And I and I was kind of unsure if I wanted to do two kind of similar dishes out of here, but they both sounded so good and I'm kind of glad that we did them. Yeah. So basically we took uh, some rainbow carrots and they get tossed with a little bit of olive oil and cumin and then they toast in the oven a little bit. Uh, once they cool, they get place atop some arugula and then you top it with some sesame seeds and sliced avocado uh more cherry tomatoes oh cherry tomatoes i miss you so much um and then some sliced almonds and then crunch yep and then the okay here here's the thing and I'll, i'll probably get into this more uh the way she makes her dressings I love that she doesn't do like the typical three to one ratio, like the three, like three parts oil, one part acid. Yeah, we've talked about that before. I've, I always, and I think you agree, like I always find a lot of vinaigrettes in cookbooks to be like a little heavy on the oil side. Yeah, and I don't think they're as flavorful when you add that much. I like them like tangy and zingy. Yes. Always. So this, like this had, like this one had a quarter cup of lemon juice and two tablespoons of olive oil. Yeah. So perfect for me. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then it got some za'atar and then there was a little bit of red pepper flake for some heat. It was delicious. And I'm, I'm a big fan of these types of dishes where you can kind of prep everything ahead of time mm-hmm. and then it's served cold or room temperature. Yeah. So like you can... Just serve these up when you're ready to eat, but you know all the prep is out of the way ahead of time in advance, so it's perfect for if you're feeding, you're entertaining, you're feeding a crowd, and uh, this was a great dish. Agree. All right. All right. So the next thing we did was chickpea and a rice cauliflower curry. Or everything you need is at Trader Joe's. <laughs> that was my uh, 
my uh, alternative name for this recipe because it really was like you could go to, it, it read like a Trader Joe's I can't speak today Trader Joe's shopping list yeah well we had the we always have a bowl of or a bowl a bag of like rice cauliflower because I like to cook it up for lunches and stuff for a quick lunch and so we had some of that hanging out in our freezer we always have a can of Trader Joe's chickpeas mm-hmm. on hand so and then there was some onion, ginger, can of crushed tomatoes, some coconut milk and cilantro. And then uh, it gets some turmeric, cumin, cayenne. So all the flavors. Not, not timid in the spice no, department. No, all the flavors were like spot on. And that's the thing. Like, we've been working through a few books recently that were kind of. Uh, Targeted as like, you know, simple, easy, kind of weeknight cooking. And that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice flavor. And no. I think this is this book serves as a perfect example for that, where, you know, a, a little bit of spice introduced into the dish, uh, you know, doesn't really add anything on to the prep time. Right. But, you know, the final result is that you have something that's not bland. Yeah. I, and I love when we don't have to mess with like the the spice levels in the recipe because right. they're not up to our taste. Like it's, it's, it's very refreshing to me Yes, because I always, it's sometimes I feel like, Oh, we need to add like a pinch more of this, a pinch more of that. And I don't feel like that happened with this book. And I love how for this recipe, you know, she mentions in the head notes for it that, Cauliflower rice is not a substitute for real rice. No. It's just kind of a fun alternative mm-hmm. because I kind of share that opinion. Like yeah. it's, it's not, it, it, to me, it's nothing really like rice, but if it kind of stands alone as its own thing, it's it's kind of a, an interesting little twist on something. So. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not about to make some fried rice with cauliflower rice. No, it's that would not. Be a disaster. It, it would be, yeah. So, and I love how in the recipe it instructs you to cook the ingredients, stirring them all together until they get to know each other really well. <laughs> it's a technical term, yeah, but you know, or maybe not so yeah, technical. I love it. Uh, should we talk Herby Faro Bowl? Herby yeah. Faro Bowl. So, like, I think we tend to sleep on Faro. Yeah. Well, not literally. No. I mean, we have a regular bed and all. We're not sleeping on a sack of Faro. I, th- I think because of some of my food things, like I don't tend to enjoy grains as much. I have come around a lot. Yes. And Faro is fantastic. Like I love Faro and barley. Quinoa gets all the love. I know, but and and that's probably like one of my least favorite ones. It if is, I'm being honest. it is for me too. It's a little, it's, so it's a messy. Little, yeah, it's messy, and I, I find like, I don't like the crunch of those tiny grains. Like it, I don't know. It's a, it's a texture thing for me. To me, Faro is more chewy, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's, it's too, like it's got some tooth to it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, this was super simple. Um, roasted sweet potato, red onion. I, I, although I do have to say, I feel like this one had a little bit too much red onion in it. I agree. And a little I, goes a long way with I, red I, onion and shallot. Yeah, I believe because we always do, we like uh, lessen the amount of red onion uh, for this. Um, there's some cilantro... And the dressing that goes with it is olive oil, lemon juice, Dijon mustard, and tahini. And a lot of common bedfellows mm-hmm. throughout this book, like, you know, cilantro, cherry tomatoes. Like, she definitely has her preferences for ingredients that she incorporates into a lot of stuff. Which I can appreciate because yeah, absolutely. It, it, like, it makes your grocery list a lot, uh, lot smaller cheaper you know so yeah and there was a generous amount of cilantro in this which kind of makes up the herby component yes or herby if if you're victoria (laughs) all right and then lastly masala popcorn yes we're big fans of popcorn in general i love popcorn but i hate eating it because it gets stuck in my teeth so much Bring floss. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so this was like a nice twist on our usual because we we have you know we'll make popcorn when we're sitting around watching watching some TV. 
And this was like a, a little twist on it with some Indian flavors. Yeah, it had garam masala, uh, if nutritional yeast too, which like makes it tastes a little bit cheesy <laughs> yeah it does i mean it's a great i mean it's used a lot in vegan cooking when you want to introduce that like savory cheese type of flavor yeah so and, and it's something that we usually put on our popcorn if we we're it. yeah we usually do that and then this like nice spicy avocado egg topper spice blend that we got from spice and leaf and then uh i, I must mention that you know Purely for vanity reasons, I chose this dish because I had this idea for a little photo shoot where we're sitting on the couch wearing 3D glasses and anyone of a certain age will remember them because now it's not really a thing. No, it's and not. And so if you go to our Instagram, you'll see the final shot which inspired this this dish. So that was the only reason I decided to make popcorn. That is a great reason. For Why not? <laughs> we're, we're, we're in that age where... Uh, Everything's about the social media. All right. And then uh, before we get to our rankings, per usual, we'll talk about the most critical Amazon reviews. And I found two of them, which I was kind of surprised yeah, by. Yeah, I know. One star reviews. You want to start with the first one? You read the first okay, one. Okay. So this one is from just the letter R. It's all, it's, that's all they left. If they can't be asked R. to like yep. uh, like actually include their name, then... One out of five stars. B. Disaster ahead, exclamation point. The recipes in this book are a disaster. I've tried multiple recipes from the book and none have turned out properly. Making the batter for the chickpea blondies in my blend tech nearly destroyed the motor. And the fluffy pillow pancake pancakes came out as mush. Hmm. Not happy. No. They want to speak to the manager. Sure. Uh you want to read the next I, one? Yeah. Well, I looked up that recipe for the for the tahini blondies and i mean it calls to like use it in the because uh, i don't i don't know what a blend tech is so it's like what is that uh it calls for a food processor okay um what's a blend tech probably a brand of food processor okay and maybe they're not they're outside of the u.s so we don't know that brand okay so maybe you can right. get it at the dollar store <laughs> probably not i don't know okay so meredith Gave it one out of five stars. Not plant-based. Deceiving. This plant-based cookbook has recipes calling for eggs. And then she talks about the recipe. This wouldn't have been purchased as a vegan gift if the cover wasn't so misleading. So I don't believe it was marketed as vegan. It absolutely was yeah. not. Vegetarian, perhaps. Yes. But then also like a little bit of flexibility within there, mm -hmm. too. So, yeah. So maybe you just didn't read the, the description correctly. They were misinformed. They uh -huh. were expecting vegan, got vegetarian. Yep. With eggs. Sorry. Well, and you and I have our whole thing about he says eggs are not vegetarian. And I stand I, by that. And I say, yes, they are. Okay, so how are eggs not vegetarian, but cheese is? Because they're still animal products. Riddle me that. That's a good question. Because a lot of people that are that claim to be vegetarian just eat macaroni and cheese all the time. Well. And that's, you know. But it's still an animal product. And it's still not good for you to just eat no. a diet of macaroni and cheese. French fries, macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm, I'm a walking contradiction. I don't understand your logic. I've got, I've got opinions about a lot of stuff. Of course you do. All right. Should we talk about our rankings? Yes. Let's discuss food photography and styling. Victoria, what'd you have? I gave it a five. Okay. I thought that I, I felt that it was very fitting for the book and it did definitely have an aesthetic. It was like bright pastels. Yep. Um, Julia Gartland is the photographer. It should be noted. She's got a great Instagram, so look it up. And there was a lot of use of shadows, but they were very subtle too. Uh, it wasn't like hard shadows. Um, I don't feel like anything was over stylized. Uh, you know, there was like a little bit of mess, like crumbs, you know. Yeah. It, I felt that it fit this book perfectly. The the, the photos in the, of the food fit this book perfectly. They kind of match the narrative. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I also gave it a five. Okay. Uh, unfussy, mm -hmm. simple. I said uh, expert use of shadows because they were kind of throughout the 
They were a common theme throughout the photographs. Great props. Uh, simple styling, but everything, you know, like the, any utensils or, or flatware or tableware in there was, was really great. Um, nothing feels overly stylized, if no. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, several photos featured colored glassware that cast these colored shadows I love, in the photos. I love that. They, that they really leaned into things. that yeah. because I noticed it with several photos. And then, as you mentioned, like there would be like some stray crumbs. Um, garnishes were used to create a mood of kind of a simple home-cooked meal. But most of the dishes had some kind of garnish, whether mm-hmm. it was like parsley, cilantro, seeds sprinkled on top of it. But I didn't notice too many dishes that didn't have like a little flourish at the end. But I feel it's kind of common for like every... It depends on the book. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I feel it's, that's kind of lacking. Mm-hmm. A little finishing touch. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed it. Wait, and you gave it a five I as well? I gave it well? a five, Okay. Yep. And then design and layout. All right, go ahead. Uh, I give it a four. Okay. So the chapters are divided into different meals, such as like sides and apps, uh, not just a salad, desserts, a.k.a. the reason that I have friends, that kind of stuff. So very playful, very fun. Um, Also included within the pages are these short essays focusing on uh, different milestones in the author's life. So there'd be like... uh, her roots growing up, mm-hmm. uh, London, Berkeley, New York, like different places she's lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and then including a fun one at the end, a love letter to peanut butter. Right? Yeah. Most recipes only take up one page. Uh, the formatting I thought was really clever. They they have uh, serving sizes, uh, just like most recipes do. And then there'll be like these small pink dots that kind of mark where the prep work begins right mm-hmm. after the head notes. Um, so it just makes it really easy to navigate the recipe. Um, it almost provides like a subconscious visual marker of where the recipe begins. One critique that I do have is the font size is a bit small. I know. It's tiny. I know. Maybe in an effort to fit everything on one page and simplify it. But for this old man over here with reading glasses, it was a bit of a challenge. Okay. We got to go get your eyes checked out too. Probably. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it on the list. Sure. All right. <laughs> um, What'd you have? I gave it a four. Okay. And pretty much all my notes were exactly what you said. Yeah. Um, let's see if there is anything. Yeah. That she has like stories about different stages and times of her life interspersed throughout. Um the ingredients are on the left-hand side. The method is on the right. The serving size is like in placed in a colored dot. Yep. Um, and sometimes she'll have like these little tips in the corner of the page. Yep. Um, Not all the recipes have a companion photo. So if you're the type that wants to see a photo of the completed dish, you might be a little disappointed. But I yeah. mean, there's still enough photos within the book that yeah. you're not going to be missing them. But not every recipe has one. All right, and then degree of difficulty. I gave it a one, but here's the thing. We didn't make any of the baked goods. Correct. I, I think had we ventured down that territory, especially since they're like most of the recipes are like veganish, uh, because I saw a lot of like coconut flour yes. and blah, blah, blah. Um, Which I learned from the book soaks up Three it's times so the much of moisture. I know. So it's usually combined with another type mm-hmm. of flour, like an almond flour, rather than using it solely on its own. Yeah. Because you'd end up with a final baked good that would be a little dry. Yeah. Um, so I feel like had we done some, you know, and like unless I'm working from a vegan baking book, I don't really have an interest in like, I don't know, trying like a vegan. I, it's just this thing that I have. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I want to do a vegan. Do you feel like you sacrifice? I feel like the te- I texture feel, and flavor. Yeah, I feel like the texture is always, to me, vegan. Most of the vegan baked goods that I've had taste vegany. Yeah, and I can't really put my thumb on like what that is like it's a texture thing yeah and i always feel they use like alternative sweeteners like honey 
which I do not like. Uh, no, well, they not don't if use, it's vegan. No, they don't yeah. use honey. Agave. Um, agave, which I don't like agave. Or monk fruit. Yeah. Sure? I, sure. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I just, I feel like the texture and the taste is always just a little bit not the way it would be if it was a regular dessert. I feel so, you. Um, but yeah, I gave it a one. I thought that everything was super easy and fairly quick. Yep. So. Mission accomplished. Uh, I gave it a two. Okay. And it, it was mostly for like the same reasons you mentioned, but I did mention that, you know, the dessert dishes would maybe prove a little bit more challenging, mm-hmm. but probably nothing a confident cook couldn't navigate. Yeah. So. You poor thing. Listen to you. Oh my God. Here. It's okay. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm fighting through Aww, it. Oh, babe. Yep. We're going to have to, we're going to eat. We'll give you some Theraflu and we'll put you to bed. And then, uh. Victoria will go out and have some real fun. Oh, yes. While I'm sleeping. <laughs> All right. And then uh, lastly, taste. What'd you have? I gave it a five. Yeah. Um, like everything leans towards her, leans towards Indian flavors, obviously. That's how, that that's what she cooks. Um, the spice levels were on point. We didn't really have to tinker with like adding a well I said this earlier like add like another tablespoon of this or you know whatever um and I love like I said before I love that the dressings were not like the typical three to one ratio um right yeah yeah I also gave it a five uh being a fan of Indian flavors this book did not disappoint and uh, the fact that it features simple plant-based recipes made for a week that was really easy on the preparation side, as well as the wallet. Because meat's expensive, yo. <laughs> it really is. So this was like a, this was like a nice way to kind of ease into things when we had all the chaos of personal life going on with yeah. moving and everything. So this was great. Um, so, okay, if you enjoy this show, please rank and review it. Uh, you can follow us on social media at we underscore cook underscore books. That's our Instagram. And our Facebook is at we cook books. All right, Victoria, you ready? This is a very special joke portion of the show because not only are these kind of vegetarian related in, in theme and content, but I made them up myself. No. Yes. Oh, God. So normally I just refer to the old Googs. And then pull out some vegetarian jokes. But these ones, I kind of did a search just for some inspiration and some like topic, subject matter. But oh. I came up with these all on my own. So, oh, my God. Uh, the pressure's on. Oh. If these don't deliver, I got no one to blame but myself. Okay. All right. First one. I'm, I'm doing a twofer here because okay. like, I'm pretty proud of both of these. <laughs> did you hear about the uh, vegetarian goth band? No. They're called Soy Division. <laughs> right? Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you hear about the vegetarian who preferred to eat their lunch in the local library? They, mm. they like to have peas and quiet. <laughs> right? <laughs> if this podcasting doesn't pan out, I think Ooh, I've got a promising a joke writer. as You're a vegetarian com- joke oh. comedy writer. Oh, my God. Which is a pretty... Untapped field, I think. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Be safe. Wear a mask. Stay hungry.